you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pender. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. Have you heard the term sparketing? Hmm, I hadn't before today, but I am excited for today's conversation because we are going to be talking about modern marketing. And I've got with me today, Scott Murray. He's the co-author of the most amazing marketing book ever by Mark Schaefer and Friends. He also has 20 plus years in content marketing. Scott, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you and your audience. So, Scott, I'm just going to ask you the question that I'm sure everybody's just thinking, because what is sparketing? Yes, that's a great question. And I hope a lot of people are going to be asking that question. Really, what sparketing is, is it's a way for marketers to find an easier path to, like you said, evolving into modern marketing. We're in an era now where marketing, which is kind of rooted in, in words like sell and promote, which is driving away consumers, we're now in an era of where we need to have two-way two -way communication with them. We need to spark engagement. We need to spark trust. We need to spark response, relationship, all the things we're hearing. And I think by calling what we're doing sparketing and focusing on sparking something meaningful with that connection with the consumer already puts us in a much better mindset than when we think in terms of marketing, which kind of automatically just by habituation has us thinking promote and sell. And we lose that other component, what's important in modern marketing. Love it. I love how you have shifted it around because... You're right. Like when you do think of marketing, it's it's advertising, it's getting your message out there, it's you know, getting people ready to buy, 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 like those words, buy, 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 right? And and I don't know how many messages we get each day. I think it's thousands of advertising messages that we get each day. I mean, I know if you're watching this on YouTube, like there's constant ads on YouTube. So I like that concept of getting away from marketing to sparketing. That is yeah. cool. I mean, if you think about YouTube, for example, I mean, that's a great example because what are people willing to do to avoid those ads? Pay YouTube money. <laughs> what else do you need to know about people's attitude regarding ads? They are willing <laughs> to pay money so they don't have to see them. <laughs> and I'm one of those people that I take it a step further and I talk a lot about, you know, the mindset of the consumer because we're all consumers. And when marketers remember their consumers, they realize that, you know, there's a lot of strategies they're creating that are almost counterproductive because I'm one of those people that I'm like, well, on the one hand, I don't want to see ads. But on the other hand, I don't want to pay. So what I do is if, if there's going to be a long ad, my consumer brain goes, okay, if you're going to force this ad on me, I'm just going to minimize it until my content comes up just to prove 
we watch this ad and I'm sure there's lots of other consumers with similar mindset. And I know there are because as a content marketer, I've had to break some of those barriers where I know past experiences and attitudes towards ads are something that I had to take into consideration when I created content over my career. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you know, it's funny. Sometimes if I'm really annoyed at ads, especially on YouTube, I let them run the whole ad because what people don't know is, is if you cut out right where it says skip ad, mm -hmm. there's really no charges to the person who puts the ad up. But ah. the longer you watch, the more they pay. So they're really bad ads. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know it's, right. a little, it's a little, you know, and I don't do it all the time. It's just every once in a while, if I'm really annoyed, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to let this thing run through. That's human nature, isn't it? You can only take so much and then you have to fight back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause like you, I, I refuse to pay for no, <laughs> yeah, no ads. It just, it's not, it's not worth the money to me. And I, I know for some people it is. And, and if that makes your life easier, you know, it's there. But for me, it's like, ah, yeah, you I know, the irony is do something else. <laughs> yeah. No. And there's there's probably something we can do. The irony is, you know, nowadays there's there's a growing discussion of just old things marketers used to do that we have to stop doing because we have to think about the consumer experience. And yeah. one of those things is gated content, you know, whether that's mm -hmm. a good idea anymore, you know, whether or not you can really offer something that's worth putting your information in. And I want to say I read something, I read a study a few weeks ago that talked about the extent people will go to avoid ads. And it really broke it into all these areas of things they're willing to do. And it wasn't just pay money. They were willing to give personal information up <laughs> meant getting to avoid ads. And it, it was like stuff that, you know, typically if you were filling it out just to get something, you might be like, hey, I don't, you know, they don't need this. But they're like, is that what I have to do to avoid ads? Yes, my here's my address, phone number, and all this other information just so I don't have to see ads. That's what we're up against today. Wow, this wasn't where I thought the conversation was going today, but it's <laughs> cool. I enjoy it. Uh, Scott, why don't you take a couple of minutes introduce yourself and uh, share a little bit of your, your, you know, your entrepreneurial journey and how did you get into, you know, content marketing and marketing in general? Well, I am, um, my bachelor's degree was in mass communications and I was one of those rare college students that never really changed his major. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And one of the things I really liked about that was there were a lot of avenues I could go in my career. In fact, I had this professor that had this poster on her door that said, what can I do with a mass communications degree? And it had all of these jobs and it just filled out the rest of that poster. And I liked that. I liked the versatility of it. And it just kind of inevitably started in TV and video and to date myself. You want to talk about evolving as a marketer? <laughs> uh, my class was the last class to do analog video editing. <laughs> the next year, the next year got digital editing and I had to teach myself that. So <laughs> that I've really had to evolve over the years. And it just and really that's been the journey. I, I've always been very audience focused in my career, and that has been critical. That's allowed me to be able to work in a lot of different industries. It didn't take me long to get to know an industry or a brand because as long as I got that audience or that consumer, I was able to evolve. And I just evolved with it. It all started with print 
And then I got into radio. I did some not helped uh, the NPR affiliate out here in Dallas with on-air fundraising, messaging, and content. And what's interesting about that job was that job was really what kind of turned the tide as far as my focus as a marketer, because all of that messaging that has to emotionally resonate with fundraising now actually applies to for-profit fundraising in order for it to our fundraising for-profit businesses, because that's that's really the key today. So mm. I've just managed to apply that in all areas because it's all involving communication, you know, whether it's copywriting, video, podcasting, social media. And I've been able to do it for a lot of different industries and organizations. But I've also had those experiences where some were willing to evolve with the times and others weren't. And when the I started getting into almost a string of a lot of tough experiences for marketers or marketing departments that could not evolve. And I've seen the results of what happens both internally and externally with the business and the consumer when that's not happening. But I was always doing stuff on the side, helping businesses that did want to change, did want to evolve, did want to figure out a path. So it just made sense after a while. Okay, I'm going to step out of the full-time roles and, fo- and not just focus on that. Now I'm going to spend more time helping those who really want to differentiate themselves, evolve into modern marketing and make a difference in our very challenging and competitive and overwhelming space. <laughs> mm. You know, I always think of, you know, things that don't change die. And, you know, for me, the, the classic example is always Blockbuster. Mm. Who ever thought that Blockbuster would go under? And yet they refused to change with the times. You know, Netflix was starting to come out and they're like, oh, that's not going to catch on. Well, yeah. Within a few years, the company's gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a really good example. It's also an example of, you know, too comfortable with your success right at that moment. There's a long history of people and businesses that have done that over the years as well. You have to be agile today, that's for sure. And that was just the start of things to come, I think, when it comes to evolving and seeing where things are going. The interesting thing is, is I've even worked for organizations that whose core messaging was telling other businesses, you have to evolve, you have to change with the times, and we can help you do that. But when it came to marketing, it was like, oh, no, 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 that's that's not what we do, <laughs> you know, which was always kind of interesting. The other thing that I think with Blockbuster and companies like that, it's also a little harder to evolve, even if you know it's better, if you're profitable, you know, you stop and think, well, we're making money. Why do why do we need to change anything? And I think the the thing to remember there is, well, what how much money are you leaving on the table? You know, what what doors have you not opened yet? The, the analogy I've used is it's like going on the price is right to win $10,000 and you, you jump up and down and run off stage after you win a hundred, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's, there's still so much more money you could add. Don't be excited about winning a hundred. <laughs> so, so that's, um, that, that's, there's a lot of things that can get in our own way as marketers when we know we should probably be doing something different or better. I love it. Love it. And, and just, you know, those, those little nuggets of truth, you know, your, your business has to grow, change, evolve. If it doesn't, you know, you just, you fade out. We are going to switch gears in just a moment. Audience, we're going to take a short ad break. 
I want to encourage you. I have been developing some amazing resources, free resources for you. And you are going to hear about one of them. And then we'll be back to talk more about Sparketing. One of the keys to becoming an author is hiring the right publisher. It's the difference between having a book that converts readers into clients and one that sits unused on a shelf. Check out seven questions to ask before hiring a publisher. Get it free at authortoauthority.com slash publisher. Welcome back. I Scott, I just, I am so enjoying today's conversation with Me you. Too. I'd love to dive deeper actually into sparketing and how does someone or an entrepreneur, like most of my audience is consultant speakers, professionals, you know, those types of people, how would they implement sparketing into their businesses? Well, I think um, the, the first thing is, I mean, it kind of really depends on where they are right now. You have businesses that have not launched a social media <laughs> presence or a content strategy or an email strategy. So implementing sparketing is a little bit different there because then we're going to be looking at opportunities to differentiate themselves in the space mm-hmm. because in all likelihood, their competition is still quote unquote marketing. So here's an opportunity by being a lot more consumer focused and evolving into these more modernized strategies that focus on, you know, transparency and two-way communication and be willing to open up channels of communication and take approaches to content that before we didn't for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it was an obsession with the competition and, oh, we can't, we can't show that. We really can't have that attitude anymore. And when it comes to evolving, you know, something that's existing, You know, really, I think now, I mean, depending on the size of the organization, especially, but it's almost like you have to have a good communication, very people focused internal culture, because Mm -hmm. if you've got good humanized communication and a belief in what they're doing, what you're doing, and everybody's on the same page and what it takes to really help everybody in the business help their consumers, well, then you've already taken a a good first step. Everybody knows that's the focus. And I think if you've got those things aligned um, internally, then it's going to be a lot easier to be able to communicate on good humanized emotional levels externally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's a combination between that and then being able to break out of some of the things old content marketing strategies and ideas that that might have worked at one point in time, but really get in our way today because consumers have seen everything now and they all have experiences and they all have interpretations as to what you're doing. And we have to break those barriers down and give them a, a reason and proof that we're different and we're really there to help them and not just help ourselves. That's a very generalized term, but it also are set of terms and definitions. But I mean, if you're, you know, it really kind of depends on what your business is, whether you're B2B or B2C. But at the end of the day, you're still talking to a person. But it really is going to make a difference one way or another. We just have to kind of break it down based on your industry and audience. A lot of my audience works in the B2B sector. So you mentioned content. And I think that's an area we can probably focus in on because you know, most of this audience probably don't have marketing teams and stuff like that. They're doing a lot of these things on their own. And content is something that they can at least work on and control. So let's talk a little bit about content and what kind of content should they be creating right now? 
Well, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of avenues, obviously, and it might depend on how your audience consumes content. I mean, one of the things that's been kind of nice as as we've learned about social media and content over the years, you know, before it was like, let's just throw as much as we can out there and be on all platforms and <laughs> do, you know, to launch everything at once and just keep throwing stuff out there. And of course, now we we live in a day and age where it's already overstuffed enough and stuffing it with more isn't going to help us stand out. So, you know, really, you know, if you have opportunities to talk and put yourself in front of your audience. So if you're doing podcasting and video, you know, whether on your social media channels, on your website or through a podcast, kind of like we're doing, that's a really good way to humanize your brand. You know, people get to see you, hear you, you get a chance to demonstrate your expertise because sometimes, you know, even in an email, when you are just pretty much putting all your eggs in that basket, you're hoping that however you wrote that email, how you wrote it and how your head is reading those words is how the consumer is going to read those words. And that gets very, very tricky. Whereas if you are creating content where people can see or hear you, or even if you have just really good photos on your site, that's really of you and your team instead of, you know, a bunch of stock photos, sometimes that can make a world of difference. When it comes to blogs, you got to do a lot more with blogs now. The good news is you you don't have to you know, produce 25 in a week <laughs> because you're trying to you know rank. Now it's about spending more time on one or two and having elements of research and collaboration and things that really stand out. So there's it's it's really all those options are still out there. It is it's really about changing our approach because the consumers have seen all of the content that's out there that clearly communicates to them. It's meant to help the business when they're looking for something that is clearly developed to help them. Yeah. You know, you you talked about emails. Uh, There's been times I've had to write difficult emails and I needed to make sure that the tone was good. So good friend, well, actually my best friend, She's an editor and and she actually helped me in my company. She worked, but even before and after that, if, you know, if I'm writing something and I, I need to make sure I nail the right tone, I always email it to her first and I get her to read it. So audience, there's a little hint and tip there. If you've got to write difficult emails, get somebody else's perspective. You know, one of the things that I've been working on that was over the summer was working with certain specialists to implement some new things in my business because I could not see the forest for the trees. Mm. It's not that I didn't know how to do these things. I can do them. I've taught them. I've helped other people in them. But I realized in my own business, I couldn't see it. didn't know what I didn't know. And I couldn't see the forest for the trees. And so I spent a lot of time this summer working with specialists to get a whole new perspective on my business, on, uh, you know, developing out certain pieces like uh, free resources, Mm -hmm. videos, developing new products. (coughs) I've had them speaking with my, my clients so that they can get, you know, another perspective on it. And uh, yeah, sometimes you have to do that in your business. Like, I mean, I've studied marketing for 20 years. Okay, yeah. I'm not a marketer as per se, but marketing fascinates me. So I study yeah. it, right? And, uh, you know, so there's not too many marketing concepts that I at least don't have a good semi-working understanding of. But when you've got to apply it to your own business. 
Yeah. I mean, I've had a, a similar journey and it's interesting. I just came from content marketing world and I actually went to a session that focused on, you know, marketing yourself. You know, there's a lot of people that are looking for jobs today, especially in the marketing space. And it was all focused on, you know, how to network and the challenges we face. And, you know, thought it was very, it was a great observation to say that, you know, we spend all of our lives, if you've worked that full-time job, developed all the right strategies to market other people and businesses. And then for some reason, it gets really tough to get out of the mindset of promoting a business or developing content for a business and then have to apply that to yourself. And this has actually been a two-year journey for me even to get to where I am now. You know, I should have had a montage of (laughs) the different variations my website has taken (laughs) in the last two years. It was like, oh my gosh, what is he now? It's true, but I had to, and and I'd say I'm still kind of fine-tuning some of it because when I pitched myself for full-time jobs, the thing was, well, I'm kind of a, a content specialist. You know, mm-hmm. I can do, I can apply these these beneficial and powerful things to all types of content. And I almost, when I first started, tried to promote myself the exact same way. Say, I can help you do this in anything. The problem is, you know, that's it's really not focused enough for someone who really needs specific thing. Plus, there's a lot of people that offer that sort of stuff. So I had to go in and figure out, okay, instead of saying I can do all this stuff, what has been the number one thing that was key to success in all of those jobs, even if it was in different types of content industries and copy and all that stuff? What is that number? What was the, the differentiator? What was the thing that I brought to the table that was unique? And it took me a while to kind of break that down in a way that was easy but it really was communication. It went back to communication. I knew how to get in the shoes or the hearts and minds of the consumer and figure out ways to write and produce things that was going to, that would connect with them in a meaningful and impactful way. And then I had to come up with, all right, how do I say that? <laughs> and how do I say it in a way that people care? Because, you know, communication consultant isn't going to excite anybody. <laughs> no. So it's been, an, it's, been a, it's been a journey, but I think it's healthy. I talk to business people that have gone through very similar journeys. And at the end of the day, it's just part of it. And it's okay to get things wrong and experiment along the way until you figure it out. And then once you figure it out, you're on your way and you're glad you fought through it. You know, when you were when you were talking about that, one of the things I did, and you'll see if you're watching this on the video, beside my name, it says the extraordinary word ninja. Now, there was two reasons for that. First, it caused me to stand out. But actually, there's three things. The second thing was everyone goes, what's a word ninja? Third, they will won't remember my name, but they'll remember that I'm the word ninja. Right. So... I think you need to call yourself a sparketing specialist. Yeah. Scott Murray, the spark. Can't say it today. Anyway, because I think that would, that would create curiosity. People are like, what's sparketing, right? Like, and so, and then when you explain it, they're like, oh, that's a different, different. Okay. audience, It's all right, Kim. I'm right with you. Working today. (laughs) Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would help to differentiate yourself, and it would stand out. Yeah, I, that's something I'm I'm working into. It sparketing was actually part of the early part of my journey as I was developing this, but it was kind of a 
it was just kind of a side note thing. And I think part of it was because I was trying to figure out if it was just too different, you know, if people would, you know, really be intrigued by it or go, well, that sounds kind of silly, which it does in a way. But when you find out what it is, then it makes sense. And then it's not such a bad idea. And by the way, I've, I've always told people, you know, if the idea it, itself is just to get away from that mental block that the word marketing creates, where we think like marketers sell and promote, which already puts us at a disadvantage, you don't have to call it marketing. There might be something in your business culture that is a different word than marketing that's better than sparketing perfectly okay that's gonna offend me at all you know it's it's the idea it's the principle behind it the the first thing i came up with that's very similar to word ninja was and this is actually in you know how i'm listed in the book is communication craftsman because i was always developing the right words and scripts and things for content that you know were actually making a difference and that was a way that i could brand it but yeah now sparkening now that feels like part of sparketing. So I am working through that still, but they're both associated because what I say is sparketing means that it's it's basically a philosophy of mar modern marketing that focuses on two vital components, communication and the consumer. So those are, they're related, but I will be completely honest with you. I'm still kind of working around the edges for kind of laying it out as how that relates to me. I'm still on that journey, but I'm in a lot better place than I was now. We had this interview two years ago. Who knows what I would have been saying? <laughs> and a lot of the same things, it just wouldn't be nearly as concise. And some of the terminology might be different, but I would have still been talking about communication and consumers. <laughs> you know, Scott, I'm so glad you said that because um, I've been a publisher for, well, officially seven years, but I've been ghostwriting for eight years. Oh. And it has been an evolution. It has been a process, you know, even coming up with author to authority that took quite a bit of time I'm and, sure. and just in the last actually couple, well, okay. Audience for you, cause we're recording this in October or you're going to be listening to this in November. So this would have been September back in September, you know, I had a major sort of epiphany breakthrough moment of genius in terms of, of explaining the business, it's going to become my keynote speech. Like it was just this massive and I'm eight years in and, you know, sometimes these things take time to develop the extraordinary word ninja didn't come overnight. That took almost yeah. a year. Yeah. Took almost a year for me to find that right title that I could own, that yeah. I could just really own it and dig into and use and feel comfortable with. So, you know, audience, these things don't always happen overnight. Sometimes it happens okay. over years. Yeah. And that's okay. Because the thing, and I'll be honest with you, I've had moments where I thought, I just, I'm not going to figure this out. Or, you know, people, people aren't going to care about this. You know, all that, you know, that imposter syndrome that that's so prevalent. But the thing that kept me driving towards it was, I know I've already proven to myself that I can help people and I believe in my genuine passion to learn and then go help those who haven't had a chance to tap into some of these things. I have a genuine passion for that. And I know that the struggle is, is just part of the journey. I'm a big Phoenix Suns fan and their former coach used to say that all your hopes and dreams are on the other side of hard. And I know that when I reach 
the point where I'm trying to be, I'm going to look back on all these struggles and go, who I am so glad I didn't give up on this because look where I am today. And I even had this, you know, you talk about your journey, especially as, as it relates to content. I just changed my podcast. <laughs> I just, and, and this was tough because I've been podcasting since 2011 and I've only had to change the name of the show once. And that was my very first show. Cause I messed that up. But this time, you know, when I launched my personal brand and decided to do this on my own, I had an interview show and, and then I had this like mini podcast where I would highlight insights from around the web and have a chance to talk about it and highlight other people, other sparketers, as I would say. Uh, and I just, I just felt like, you know, I'm not doing enough that's different because that's been a big thing that I've been able to do with content is really kind of differentiate, put a creative spin on it to help the organization stand out. And I'm like, why can't I do that with the marketing podcast? And now I have the sparketing podcast, which is only four episodes in, and it's a completely different format. It's three segments. It's a lot, got a lot more voices in it and creativity in it. And I could sit here and kick myself and go, why didn't I just do that in the first place? especially since I was already thinking about sparketing, but I look back on it and I'm like, well, but you know what? The only way, and I love doing this show now versus, you know, and I like doing the other show, but I love doing this one. And I look back on it and I'm like, the sparketer podcast would not exist had I not done that other stuff first, because doing yeah. those two shows led me to this one. So I don't look back on the old thing as a mistake. It was just part of the journey. Couldn't have said it better myself, Scott. We're going to shift gears here because we've got about five minutes left and you are contributing offer author to the most amazing marketing book ever. So I want to talk a little bit about that. So first of all, just give a quick introduction to the book and then I'm going to ask you the question I ask every single author who comes on the show. All right. Well, yeah, it's an amazing feat. First off, it's 36 different authors led by Mark Schaefer who is a best-selling author of many great books, important books like Marketing Rebellion and, and Belonging to the Brand. So it was a great opportunity to be able to work with him on this. We're all kind of part of Mark's community of experts. And there was this idea that said, what if we all got together and had a group of us make a book and we follow this format that's easy for people to read. So each chapter is built the same way. They all have 10 takeaways per chapter and every single person is focused on an element of their expertise. And it's, it's well you know laid out. It's very methodical in how it's laid out, but you get those 10 takeaways every single chapter, which is great because I'm sure <laughs> this is true of me and I'm sure it's true of you, Kim. I read a marketing book closed and dot. What did I come away with? <laughs> what did I come away with in this book? So that's it's nice to have those things. And even all those authors, you know, a lot of them like myself, we were first-time authors. This was our first opportunity to be able to do this. And we all also recorded our audio for our chapters. And I don't think Amazon's ever had an audio book with 36 voices from all over the world contributing <laughs> to one book. And, you know, it was a challenge to get all that coordinated. And my chapter is on consumer behavior. So it's really kind of demonstrating just how consumers are changing our marketing era and what that means for marketers. And I thought that was a good place to go because you could at least take that and have that in the back of your mind as you go through the other chapters as other people are teaching you how to do other things in marketing. Nice. 
Nice. So Scott, because you only did a chapter, I know you won't be able to fully answer this question, but what was the good, the bad, and the ugly of having that chapter in that book? Well, (laughs) I wouldn't say it's bad or ugly. It seemed like it could get ugly because we're like, how are we going to get all these people together, coordinate an effort, get everything edited? You know, there's people who had never recorded audio. They didn't have equipment yet, and they were going to have to voice a chapter, and it was going to have to be approved by Amazon. And actually, the first time we submitted to Amazon, there were still things we needed to change. And how are we going to meet all the deadlines and how are we going to, you know, organize everything that's related to the book, but have 36 people in the process plus people on the back end. But we did it and we met all of the deadlines and it's out. I mean, that in itself is definitely the good, uh, you know, and I think some of those challenges you might have even thought could maybe fit the bad part of it. But, you know, the good news is, is the bad and the ugly or the more challenging, chaotic components of it. As we were just saying, Kim, part of the journey, it didn't stop us. And now we can look back on it and say, we're so glad we fought through the bad and the ugly because now the book is out and everybody can be proud of it. And it really can help a lot of people because, you know, we've already been fortunate enough to have a lot of really good positive reviews on Amazon. So just glad that after all of that, it's something that the group can be proud of because we know we did it from a place of we were trying to make it easy for people to have kind of a reference book for marketing. And I'm so glad Mark was able to coordinate all of this and help us noobs in the process and made it happen. <laughs> yeah. One of the things we do at RTA publishing is we, we manage those projects to create those types of books. Yeah. Um, actually we do a lot more than that, but one of the things we do is manage those product projects. And it is when you've got so many people like you know, the biggest part is managing it to get it done in a timely yeah. fashion, especially yeah. with people who have never written a chapter before. So I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> well, we are out of time, Scott. So I would love for you, you've got about 30 seconds to give a final thought and then share how people can connect with you if they've really enjoyed today's episode. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your audience about Sparketing today. So thank you so much for having me here. My closing thought is, you know, there are a lot of really powerful ways you can differentiate yourself today, even though it's overwhelming, you know, part of the journey, even though it's overwhelming, even though there's a lot of clutter out there, and even though it may feel like you can't go out there and really connect with people you can. You just have to be willing to kind of think about marketing in a different way. And if you start with the consumer in a way to connect with them in a meaningful way, you're already off to a good start. And I talk about that on my site, which is scottmurrayonline.com. And my podcast actually just launched its own website, which is sparketerpodcast.com. And there's a lot of great voices on that show, people who I would call sparketers, a lot of the experts you've probably heard. And you really get a lot of insights in one show. And I try to keep it at an hour or less. And you hear lots of different voices and insights about modern marketing. And I hope you have a chance to give it a listen. And by all means, tell me what you think. That is awesome, Scott. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I would love for you, if you're on YouTube, check out the thumbnail here on the screen and you can go back. You're on the podcast app, just a couple of episodes 
back to Bruce Shear, who is actually also in the most amazing marketer book. And Bruce talks about your book as a targeted marketing tool. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.